Topping the coronavirus health law news for this week, healthcare providers can now apply to receive reimbursements for uncompensated COVID-19 care, CMS issues new reporting requirements for nursing homes, and states across the country restart elective procedures. Those are just some of the stories we're following and we'll cover today. Hello, I'm Eric Zimmerman, partner at McDermott Will & Emery, head of the firm's health law practice, and a principal at McDermott Plus Consulting. Today is May 8th, and this is the Friday News Flash Coronavirus Health Law Briefing. In our first story, we return to the HHS Provider Relief Fund. Wednesday marked the first day that providers could begin submitting patient claims to be reimbursed for COVID-19 care furnished to uninsured patients. Reimbursement is only available for care provided on or after February 4th. Congress appropriated $1 billion for this purpose, but estimates suggest that claims will rapidly exceed that amount and could be as much as $40 billion. That disconnect has providers worried that HHS intends to use portions of the remaining $100 plus billion in the Provider Relief Fund to reimburse for uninsured care, rather than parceling it out for other expenses and losses. Providers submitting claims will be reimbursed at Medicare rates. But in order to receive reimbursements, providers must first register, accept the terms and conditions, including committing to not balance bill patients, and submit patient information and claims. According to the department, providers will start receiving reimbursements on May 18th. Also in provider relief fund news, since our last update, HHS provided more details on distributions to rural providers and hospitals in high impact areas. Funds began to flow to hospitals in hotspots, those with more than 100 COVID-19 discharges, and rural hospitals, critical access hospitals, rural health clinics, and community health clinics earlier this week. Some providers, believing they are in rural areas, are frustrated by the scheme HHS used to define rural for this purpose. Additionally, HHS did not disclose the distribution formula, leaving most providers wondering if they got the right share of the distribution. It appears that HHS favored small hospitals, giving some as much as 50% of annual expenses, which makes some wonder if they will have to repay a portion if losses do not exceed those payments. For Medicaid-only providers, HHS earlier this week solicited provider information from states, but the department has provided no word on how it intends to distribute money to this cohort. HHS has extended the deadline for states, leading some to worry that states are having difficulty responding and whether this might affect distributions to these providers. HHS also posted an update to its frequently asked questions, responding to a number of outstanding ambiguities, including the department's intent to recoup from providers where losses don't exceed payments. However, HHS clarified little. The department said that so long as losses and expenses exceed payments, quote, generally HHS does not intend to recoup. That implies that if revenues exceed losses, get ready to write a check. Getting back to the rural providers that we commented on before, some of whom see received as much as 50% of their annual expenses, they wonder whether they will be obligated to repay if their losses don't exceed those payments. And finally, in provider relief fund news, 
HHS announced yesterday that it is extending the deadline to attest to the terms and conditions. HHS is now giving providers 45 days from the date that payment was received to accept the terms and conditions, extending the deadline for the first tranche from May 10th to the 24th. In our second story, we turn to the new CMS requirements applicable to nursing homes. On May 6th, CMS announced new requirements that nursing homes report suspected and confirmed COVID-19 cases, deaths among residents and staff, and supplies of personal protective equipment, ventilators, masks, and other materials. This information must be reported to the CDC's National Health Safety Network at least weekly. Confirmed cases must be reported to residents, their representatives, and their families by 5 p.m. on the calendar day after the diagnosis was first made. According to CMS, non-compliance with these requirements will result in a citation followed by escalating fines. These requirements are quite stringent and undoubtedly are a reaction to the concerns about transparency around COVID outbreaks in nursing facilities. On the bright side, CMS is providing a two-week grace period to give more time to set up the infrastructure and systems necessary to collect and report this data. Shifting now to the states. In response to President Trump's guidelines for opening up America again, a number of states are announcing that they will be restarting non-emergency elective procedures. As of May 4th, 26 states have initiated or announced plans to allow healthcare providers to resume elective procedures. However, most states are instituting criteria facilities must meet before such procedures may begin. In Texas, for example, procedures can be performed only if they can be done without depleting hospital capacity or PPE supply. Iowa is dictating that 30% of intensive care unit beds and 30% of surgical beds must be reserved for COVID-19 patients. And in New York, only hospitals and counties with fewer than 10 new hospitalizations of COVID-19 patients over a 10-day period may resume elective surgeries. Close attention will be paid to those states as they restart elective procedures to determine if non-emergent care can be provided while protecting patients from exposure. This week, the Small Business Administration released data on the second round of loans made through the Paycheck Protection Program. From April 27th through May 1st, more than $175 billion in loans were approved to support small businesses. These funds are designed to help these businesses avoid closures and layoffs during the pandemic. This funding follows the $349 billion loaned out in just 13 days during the program's first round. Stakeholders are concerned that at this pace, the $250 billion allocated to the program by the coronavirus stimulus package will be exhausted shortly. And now for the lightning round. Four quick hits this week. First, the Senate came back to the Capitol. Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, announced that she would like the House to return this upcoming week, but will base the decision on advice from public health experts and COVID-19 cases in the DC area. House Democrats and Senate Republicans are rumored to be readying the next relief package which is likely to focus on relief for state and local governments and liability protections for providers. On Monday, FDA announced that it would now require serology test kit manufacturers 
to seek an emergency use authorization to market their tests in the United States. For those of you who aren't pathologists or watching CNN 24 hours a day, serology tests detect the body's immune response to a virus rather than the virus itself, and so identify people who have had coronavirus, giving clinicians another tool with which to identify COVID-19 cases. Previously, FDA had allowed developers to offer serology tests without seeking an EUA. Also this week, President Trump walked back comments that the White House would be winding down the coronavirus task force. On Thursday, the president pivoted to say that the task force would continue indefinitely, but would add a focus on restarting the economy to its current mission of maintaining safety and mitigating the spread of the pandemic. And on May 6th, CDC posted a data set identifying providers who have received payment from the Provider Relief Fund and who have agreed to the terms and conditions. The data set provides the amount that these providers have received from the federal government, and it will be updated regularly. Those are the coronavirus health law news updates for this week. For additional information or in-depth analysis about any of the topics we discussed, please visit our Coronavirus Resource Center at mwe.com forward slash coronavirus. Please join us again next week for another edition of Friday News Flash. In the meantime, thank you to our clients on the front line of this pandemic. We appreciate you and all you're doing. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Stay healthy.